Welcome to episode 61 of the Various and Sundry podcast. I am your host, Matt Harmon, joining you live from the Vault Studio on the beautiful campus of Grace College and Theological Seminary, along with my co-host, my good friend, my colleague here at Grace, and the man who is beyond giddy at his New York Knicks, John Scott Sloat. Yeah. Doc, what's going on? I know we're going to get into the Knicks in we'll a little bit, there. so I feel I feel the need to restrain myself yeah. here at the outset. Yeah. But yes, the Knicks are very, very exciting. Yes. So a um, little warmer weather, signs of spring. Most of the snow's gone. Yes. Yes, indeed. So that's, that's an encouraging thing. Um, but uh, hope springs eternal when you start to see longer, longer days, mm-hmm. more daylight. Signs that Aslan has entered the realm. <laughs> That's right. You know, opportunity to get outside, stroll mm-hmm. the neighborhood a little bit. Did that this weekend? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So, well, we would love for you to connect with us. You can find us on Twitter at V and S Pod. You can find us on Facebook. We have a page, Various and Sundry Podcast. You can like and follow it. We also now make our episodes available on YouTube. So search Various and Sundry Podcast. You can find us that way. And you can email the show, variousandsundrypodcast at gmail.com. And we had a listener email in with a question this yeah. past week. Yeah, and it came it came in. <laughs> it made, it, made and, its way in. And you noticed it. And I saw it. <laughs> And uh, l- luckily, I, I knew the person, and so I was yeah. able to text them like, hey, got your email. We're, g- we're going to mention it on pod. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Good. So uh, this is AJ in Marion. Yeah, Marion, Indiana. Yes. Yeah. Uh, checked in. And uh, we won't read the whole email. Let's we'll try to summarize. But uh, in light of our baptism discussion, mm-hmm. uh, he had a question about requiring someone uh, who had been – baptized as an infant about whether it should be required for that person to be essentially rebaptized as an adult in order to become a member of a particular local church did i i think summarize that yeah, accurately yeah i think that's i think that's accurate i think there was even a parting of the ways in the situation aj was describing yeah which you know of course is disappointing uh, you certainly hate to see Fellowship broken over those kinds of things, um, over any kinds of things that uh, aren't aren't necessary. But you know, um, I think my personal take on this is, I uh, and this is a, the practice at our at our church, mm-hmm. where if you are going to be a member at CCC, uh, you have to have been baptized as uh, as a believer. Not mm. not as an infant. Yeah, not necessarily an adult. Correct, but, but as as a yeah. believer, could have yeah. been as a young child. That's that's fine, but it has to be a post profession of faith baptism. Sure. And so um, I I'm on board with that. I think that membership should be uh, something that requires a person to be baptized as a believer. And I get it. I went through this myself when I went to join a, a Baptist church back in the day. Well, I'd been baptized as a baby in the Methodist church, but um, at the time I wasn't thrilled about it. But it wasn't a big enough big enough issue for me to say that's a deal breaker. So 
I went ahead with it. And now looking back even further, I am more convinced than ever that that was a good thing. Mm -hmm. I don't think it necessarily has to communicate that the previous baptism is somehow, again, invalid. I just think it's being consistent with your theological principles as a church mm -hmm. to require that. And I was willing to, in one sense, um, at the time even, sort of submit my own personal preferences on that in order to be baptized and be a member of that local church. But I understand some people may not be able to get there. Yeah, yeah. It's, uh, it's, I think it's a decision every church has to wrestle with at some level. Yeah. Um, and uh, yeah, but I, I've also landed there that, that um, if you want to become a member at a church, you probably need a profession of faith as a uh, baptized believer. Yeah, and I think that uh, part of the uh, another part of the question related to you know because of that this person wasn't allowed to teach in the church because they won't be a member and that gets into another conversation about membership sure. in, in the local church. Mm -hmm. um, but I think as a general rule, it's a it's a wise policy to have that you should not have a non-member teaching. It, on, on any consistent basis. I mean, obviously, you end up bringing in guest teachers and speakers at points, of course. Sure. But in terms of someone who is a regular attender but refuses to, uh, for whatever reason, become a member of the church, I think that's unwise probably to put them in a teaching ministry on a consistent basis. Yeah. But we can save that for our membership episode. Yeah. Um, that we're – That we – it sounds like a great idea that we hadn't thought of before. <laughs> so we'll we'll kick that can down the road a little while. But Sweet. let's uh, let's turn to sports. Let's do it. Uh, over when was it? Late last week. Uh, we had maybe mid last week. But we had uh, the accident involving Tiger Woods. Um, what do you know about it? And any anything that comes to mind about it? Yeah. So um, I remember as the story was unfolding, um, you know, kind of a scary thing to see. Uh, reports of they had to take him out of the car with the jaws of life. What a terrible name for a piece of machinery. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> though, I mean, better, better than, than jaws of death. Yeah, absolutely. Right? So, yeah. uh, but the fact that he was alive after the car uh, crash and taken to the hospital, the severity of his injuries kind of became apparent eventually, but a couple broken bones in his, I think his right leg, uh, both maybe, I think maybe tibia and fibia. The, the two lower leg bones and even maybe like a fractured ankle or broken ankle in there. So it's a mess. So he has a long road uh, ahead of him to recover. Um, yeah. And, and how old is he now? I want to say he's in his – I say 43, 44. OK. And do you think he plays again? I'm not sure that we'll see him play again because he was hmm. already – had in, he's had serious back issues. It was already – Unlikely he was going to play in the Masters coming up in April. And so you add back issues to – I mean based on how they describe the injuries, like it's going to be a while before he probably even can just walk. Well, my understanding is he's still in the hospital yeah. here almost yeah. almost a week later. Yeah. So you know, major surgeries, probably maybe even more surgeries to come in terms of uh, fixing the, the leg. So we'll see. Maybe the very end of Tiger Woods' uh, competitive golf career. Yeah, which is uh, which is really sad. Um, it is. But speaking of things that are not sad, your beloved New York Knicks. Yeah, the Knickerbockers. Uh, all right, I need to get out the energy here. Um, <laughs> they're fourth in the East, um, which which means if the if the season ended tonight, they would host 
uh, uh, the first playoffs or the, the first they would round. have the home court advantage for the first round. Yeah. I believe against the Miami Heat, if memory serves. And and every better in Vegas would be rushing to put money on the Heat in a- that series. Agreed. Yeah. Uh, but I think there's reason for optimism, seeing that the, the Knicks have not uh, been over 500 in March since the 2012-2013 season okay. when I was in seminary still here at Grace. <laughs> All right. Um, it was a while ago. Yeah. Um, and so I think there's reason for hope. I think yeah. uh, I think there's a lot of optimism right now. And, uh, yeah, it's, it's uh, very exciting. Yes, we uh, – uh, I think we're a week away maybe from the All-Star break. I forget exactly when it's coming up. It's got to be quickly. So, something here. like that. Yeah, I know they've voted and, and they've assigned players and stuff. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, one other bit of breaking news that happened right before we uh, hit record today is that uh, J.J. Watt – announced where he will be playing football next year. The 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 Packers, uh, where, where, where is he going? He is going to the Arizona Cardinals. Okay. I did not have that on my bingo card. Yeah, yeah. And, and apparently um, there was a bit of a, a brouhaha when it came to um, where he was going to sign and how uh, sources were indicating perhaps that he had made a decision. Yeah, so I don't, I don't know if you saw this, but there were wild Peloton rumors. I, I did not see that piece of it, no. Did, did You're familiar with Peloton, though, the biking, the stationary biking company? Yes, yes. I've watched enough sporting events and seen commercials uh, for uh, already fit people riding a very expensive <laughs> yes. exercise bike in very unusual places where no human being would probably normally put their – exercise bike. Yeah, right in the middle of their living room <laughs> overlooking like uh, snowy mountain tops or, you know, something like yes. that. Or, or it, you know, in a corner of your high-rise apartment uh, overlooking, you know, the entire city uh, landscape there, yes. Yes. Um, well, they're notoriously expensive. I mean, thousands of yeah. dollars. Yeah. Uh, well, J.J. Watt apparently has one, has okay. a profile on there. And so if I joined P- Peloton, I could end up, I could find myself in a Peloton class, class yeah. with J.J. Yeah. Watt. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Okay, and a number of other uh, big name superstars as well. Okay, I think they're all pelotoning. If that's is a, that a verb? I, it is now. <laughs> um, but uh, on his profile, it had changed, or somebody had changed it, or he had changed it to Packers, Bears, Bills. You know, you know, like uh-huh. listing and, a few teams, and they went. This is JJ Wadded narrowing down where he's going to go next. Yeah, year. and. Uh, and then he came out. I think, I think on his own personal uh, Twitter page with him, a picture of him squatting in an Arizona Cardinals shirt, mm-hmm. and it said, "Sources, me," you know, and uh, that was his announcement. So, but yes, after yes. the the wild Peloton rumors, yes, yes, uh, which you know, good good press for Peloton, even if it didn't end up being true. Yeah. Good press for for them that JJ Watt you know, has a Peloton account and is an active participant. Or at least somebody has a Peloton account. They've named J.K. Watt. <laughs> okay, it's true. Um, which I, I suppose is better press than the commercial they had a couple, what is that, a year and a half ago? Yes, yes. That was so that, that was so fun to see all of that discussion of – it was the, the guy who got his – was it like girlfriend? Girlfriend or, or wife. Or yeah. wife, this – a Peloton for Christmas. I think it was right around Christmas, wasn't it? Mm-hmm. And – uh, the the commercial went viral because of the look on her face seemed to communicate the opposite message 
that the company probably wanted, that she kind of – that the perception was that she had this look on her face of, oh, you got me a Peloton. What does that say about our relationship or what you think about me? Am I fat? Am I like unattractive to you? Like that whole thing. You see, I think another group of people took it as she's been kidnapped <laughs> by this man <laughs> and is is crying for help. <laughs> um <laughs> So anyway, anyway, um, <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, but it's a little better press for for Peloton. Though. Peloton's doing better in this moment. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So, um, well, uh, speaking of something that's not doing better in this moment, are my mm. beloved basketball Buckeyes? <sighs> yeah. After uh, hitting a hot streak where um, they had won, I think seven or eight in a row. Um, when we recorded last week's episode, we. We had just come off of the uh, loss to the team up north, and since then, Ohio State's lost two more games uh, at Michigan State, and then uh, yesterday, so we're recording on a Monday, yesterday uh, at home against Iowa, a good team, but Ohio State played very poorly in yeah. that loss. So they they're, they're, they've hit a bit of a slump offensively, and they're not an especially good defensive team. So when you don't have the um, – opportunity to consistently stop people on the defensive end, uh, you, you better score. You better mm -hmm. shoot it lights out. And uh, that has not been the case for Ohio State these last few games. And hence, they've probably slid off the one line into probably a two seed now. Okay, But they still have time to kind of rally. Can we just take a moment and point out the comedy of <laughs> errors surrounding this podcast right now? We can. A little insider baseball here, a little behind, pull the curtain back for our listeners. Yes, yes. If we could just um, – so our – you know, we, we've already recorded this section of our podcast. Yeah. Well, I take that back. We've already talked through it. Right. The, the, the car did not record it. Correct. And so we're now re-recording and like referencing our old conversation but can't actually remember what we said specifically totally. and are trying to like totally. drum up the enthusiasm we had when we did it the first yeah. time. And the door to the vault just opened, and I, th yeah. I think our boss was there. Was that was that our boss? I think so. I didn't get a – I just kind of like turned around and waved. Did you flip the sign that says we're recording? I did not. Did you? I did not. Uh, well, I, I bet he flipped it now. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well um, – We also oh, had a, a students burst in as we're starting to record who, as who well. Who might have been stealing very expensive equipment. Oh, gosh. Yes, and then our boss was coming in for the – man, we're about to turn into a true crime podcast yes, here. Yes, yes. We better be careful because uh, <sighs> our fingerprints are all over this studio. Yeah. Anyway, anyway. <laughs> um, okay, back to reality okay. here. Uh, yeah. Let's do an MLB update and then get Quickly. into our, yeah. our main topic. Let's do it. What's um, going on with, with the spring training? Um, game started yesterday. Okay. Mets play their first game today, first televised games tomorrow. Okay, um, and you've got the MLB Pass Network thing, right? Yeah, MLB TV. That yeah. you get to see all of your Mets games. Yeah, and I, I actually paid for last year, um, and they didn't refund me. And so, however, okay. they said basically we'll take 60 games off next year's price. So I'm paying like way less money okay. uh, than I normally would this year. Okay. For How does Andrea feel about baseball? Um, great opportunity to read is, is kind of kind of how she feels. <laughs> okay, so she doesn't mind having it on in the background. If no, no, as long as the volume's not too high, yeah. she's she's probably fine. Which which I'm 
you know, I, I like to have it on. I like to watch, but yeah. I like to do other things while I'm doing baseball. Absolutely. While I'm watching baseball. So. Absolutely. So, well, I think it's time to uh, hit up our main topic for today, assuming we can work our way through this without some other train wreck happening. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's been the struggle bus today. <laughs> so true. So true. So uh, today we're starting a, uh, a series of three episodes on the creeds. So um, we're going to talk about uh, – today we're going to talk about the Apostles' Creed. Mm-hmm. But before we dive into the specifics of that, maybe we should do a little bit of uh, groundwork just to talk about what are the creeds and, and, and why do they matter? So you teach church history. Mm-hmm. No doubt you might even get a question along these lines of from a student like, OK, what are these creeds? Why do they matter? Like what, what's the big deal about them? Yeah. Um, so some of the conversations we have is the creeds really connect us to our past. Mm-hmm. Um, they can give us a good definition for what the Christian faith has been historically. Yep. Uh, and that can – I mean that can do a variety of things for us. That can um, uh, uh, guide our worship, guide our theology, guide our thoughts in a lot of ways, even even guide our morals um, in some ways. And, uh, and it really – I think helps again connect us to uh, the church fathers, um, and can and can keep us from error at times, and keep us from uh, from certain problems. Um, I, th- I think there is a, a bit of a feeling today um, that the past does not have anything to teach us or to help us. Right. Um, however, I think the creeds do uh, help us quite considerably. Yeah, and I think that um, when you consider the uh, just the the part of the beauty of the creeds is the fact that they so concisely summarize lots of important theological truth in a form that is uh, oftentimes a little bit more digestible. I think in particular of our example today with the Apostles' yeah. Creed, as we talk about in subsequent weeks, other creeds, they tend to get a little bit more expansive and more technical at points. But I think that there is a – there is a summarizing feature that is intended to be a rallying point mm-hmm. that believers can say, here I stand. Like this th- this is what we affirm as true. And, and um, the creeds, particularly the Apostles' Creeds, uh, the Apostles' Creed has an interesting place uh, in the church, right? Mm-hmm. Um, you and I would affirm the Apostles' Creed. Yes. Um, so would the Presbyterians, so yes. would the Catholic Church. Yep. You, know, you know, as far conservative as you want to go and as far as liberal as you want to go as well, even on the theological spectrum, they all look back to the apostles. So it, so it has it has an interesting uh, spot in the church even today as sort mm-hmm. of a unifying rallying point. Yeah, yeah, I think so. So let's let's dive into – uh, to this Apostles' Creed. So what what do we know about this creed? We'll read it in just a minute because it's short enough. But h- how did this thing come about? Yeah. Um, well, we do see some examples of uh, – I don't know if we'd call them creeds, but the beginning of trustworthy sayings that mm-hmm. we find throughout the New Testament Yeah, uh, that Paul and others would have said, repeat this, know this, um, and and, uh, and tre- treasure this. This is a good saying. You know, mm-hmm. he says that regularly, particularly throughout the uh, pastorals. Yep. Um, and so th- even there we can see the beginnings of creed-like uh, language. 
Yeah. Um, however, it, it seems like creeds, for the most part, through the first couple centuries, were really localized. Like different churches, different regions would have their own creeds. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, by the time Constantine, 324, 325, was coming onto the throne and, and making the Roman church uh, – or excuse me, making the the Catholic Church the the law of the land. Yeah, um, that's when that's when these things really begin to coalesce. Um, yeah. and the Apostles' Creed was probably pretty widely accepted, maybe a hundred years before that. So yeah, at least some version of it. There's there's mm-hmm. some there's some you know, variations. Yeah, yeah it, it's it seems to be uh, rooted in what's sometimes referred to as the old Roman Creed. Mm-hmm. Uh, there were some later church traditions that that tried to make the claim that uh, the Apostles' Creed, as we have it, uh, that each one of the twelve apostles contributed one line to it, which is almost certainly not true. Yeah, but uh, it's rooted in a in a in a creed that probably originates in the Roman Church uh, as early as the at least as the mid second century so maybe 140 150 AD yeah and then some of the versions that we have maybe have some tweaked lines here and there but the core of it's pretty i think consistent uh, the first mention of it was uh, as the apostles creed was ambrose um the i believe he was in milan uh, i believe yeah, um, be. in 389 and and he gave the impression at that point that this is vintage this is this is an old mm-hmm. creed so yeah so yeah yeah quite a quite a history and one of the interesting things I think about this creed is we don't know the we don't know the situation surrounding it really. Yeah. Um, with other creeds like uh, Chalcedon with Nicaea that we'll talk about in the coming weeks, they had specific things they were dealing with, specific arguments. But but here with the Apostles' Creed, we this is just Christian tradition, Christian theology, right. not a specific issue it's dealing with. Yeah. Uh, maybe to put that another way is. The other creeds tend to be, in one sense, reactive or mm-hmm. on the defense from, here's this heretical teaching that's popped up. We need to come up with a clear statement of what is true biblically. Mm-hmm. Uh, that that doesn't appear to be the case with the Apostles' Creed, with the uh, with its roots in the old Roman Creed. But uh, And even if you're wondering, where does the word creed come from? Well, <clears throat> the Latin verb credo mm-hmm. means I believe. And so you'll see this even in, uh, in, in the Apostles' Creed that you've got this uh, specific statement of, uh, of belief here. So are we, are we ready to read through this here? I think so. I think so. You, you want to do it or you want me to do I can do it. Okay. All right. So uh, I believe uh, in God, the Father Almighty, uh, creator of heaven and earth. I believe in Jesus Christ, his only son, our Lord. Uh, He was conceived by the power of the Holy Spirit and born of the Virgin Mary. He suffered under Pontius Pilate, was crucified, died, and was buried. Uh, He descended uh, to the dead, or I believe some other translations would say he descended into hell. Mm -hmm. Uh, On the third day, he rose again. Uh, He ascended into heaven and is seated at the right hand of the Father. Uh, He will come again to judge the quick and the dead. Uh, I believe in the Holy Spirit, the Holy Catholic Church, the communion of the saints, the forgiveness of sins, the resurrection of the body, and the life everlasting. Amen. Amen. Yeah, so that's going to be the shortest of the creeds that we'll talk about. It may be the only one we read 
probably. On the pod. Yeah. We'll, we'll probably only be able to read maybe some relevant sections mm-hmm. in future episodes of other creeds. But, um, you know, one of the first things that, that strikes me is uh, in reading through that is the historically rooted nature yeah. of the creed. Like this is this is emphasizing in particular in, in reference to Christ. Uh, you've got the reference to he suffered under Pontius Pilate, crucified, died, buried. It's rooted in historical events, mm-hmm. things that uh, you can confirm happened. Um, and then the second thing that, that I'll, I'll note to get us started here is there is a what I would refer to as a a nascent Trinitarianism, meaning there's not a full fledged explanation of the Trinity here, mm-hmm. but there is a Trinitarian framework that's essentially assumed by talking about God the Father, Jesus Christ, His only Son, and then uh, the Holy Spirit, right? And 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 notice even the structuring of it shows that all three are considered God, right? Because you have the statement, I believe believe. in God, the Father, I believe in Jesus Christ, and you have, I believe in the Holy Spirit. Mm -hmm. So I think there's even an intentional parallelism there to, even if you don't have the fully developed doctrine of the Trinity, it's like uh, several New Testament texts where you think the, the, the best logical explanation for what's underlying that statement is the Trinity. Mm-hmm. Is a one God, three persons dynamic? Yeah, absolutely. Um, Doc, we run into some some interesting verbiage. Yeah, I'll, I'll say in here. Uh, would you mind? You know, uh, we have here. He he descended to the dead. Um, other translations, other uh, 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 versions of the Apostles' Creed say he descended into hell. Yeah. Um, so, did Jesus descend? Into hell after after persecu- after he has died. Yes. Well, um, that that's been pretty widely debated in the history of the church, and it it depends on um, a whole variety of factors. I think some have tried to argue that what that line intends to communicate is that after Jesus died, he went into hell and proclaimed the gospel to the patriarchs who are in sort of the the this kind of holding area <laughs> until the, the green room, <laughs> right? Exactly. Until Jesus shows up. And then when he um, comes out of the grave, they join him mm-hmm. in that. Uh, some have even seen support for that in, uh, in first Peter mm-hmm. three nineteen. So uh, that's, that is one possible interpretation. I don't think it's the most likely interpretation though. There, there are others who would say that in that he's, Going through uh, the torment and suffering of hell—that um, mm. I don't—that I don't buy. Um, Correct, be- I, I agree. Because on the cross, Jesus says, "It is finished." Right. Um, if he had to go to hell and suffer in order to pay atonement for sin, yeah, it would not be finished. Yeah, I, I think if you're going, I think if you're if you're going to see more than a reference to just he really died. Mm-hmm. which that's a very legitimate way of understanding that expression. I think that um, you could make the case that if Christ did go down into hell after death, it was to, in one sense, not release the patriarchs from their holding cells, <laughs> but but rather to proclaim and announce his victory over 
the demonic realm controlled by Satan. That's the closest I think that I'd be comfortable going with, okay, if you're going to say descent into hell, then that's what he was doing there. Mm -hmm. um, I do think there is a sense, and you can push back against this, that um, I, I know we don't have anything that the Apostles' Creed is necessarily pushing back against. I think it could be pushing back against Gnosticism uh, a little bit, uh, that Jesus was really, you know, this sort of, uh, you know, not human person. And, mm -hmm. and you know, because there is a lot of emphasis on his suffering, yep. death. Uh, crucifixion, um, you yeah. know, and uh, all very human things to experience. Yeah, and that that could make sense. Again, this is getting kind of speculative in, in this direction, mm -hmm. but uh, I'll say it this way. I think this is a plausible scenario mm -hmm. that if some people date the origins of this, of the, of the kind of center of this to the Roman creed, and they date that around 140 or 150 AD from the church in Rome, which um, is not far off the time you have a guy named Marcion running around, mm. a, a well-known heretic who did not necessarily believe in the full deity or the full humanity of Jesus. And so, you know, is it possible that there's some connection there? Maybe. Maybe. I yeah. don't know. We don't know enough to be able to say with any confidence. But uh, you are right that there's a definite emphasis on on the – the physicality of Jesus, the humanness of Jesus, as well as his uh, his his deity as well. Uh, John, what do you make of this other phrase? There's another phrase that I think, especially our Protestant listeners, which I'm assuming are <laughs> most of them. Yeah, mo I think most of our listeners <laughs> I don't know are if Protestant. We have any Although I, I don't always have a good sense of who our listeners yeah, are, but I think knows? most of them are Protestant. Yeah. yeah. In any case, um, there is the expression, uh, I believe in the Holy Spirit, the Holy Catholic Church. Mm-hmm. John, we're not Catholic, no, are we're not. we? Not, not that I'm aware of, no. Okay. So what does that phrase mean? Yeah, I think uh, this is probably a different sense of the word Catholic, uh, okay. just meaning like we're, we're part of the universal church, okay. um, the, the, the whole church. So small c, not big c. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Not, not the pope and Rome and right. the smoke and everything. It's, it's – <laughs> it's, 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 it's everything. It amuses me that, that the, smoke. the smoke was the third thing that <laughs> identifies the Catholic – the Roman Catholic Church for you. I remember being a kid and <laughs> a new pope. Let's watch the smoke, you know? Not Mary, not anything else, not the mass, but the no, smoke. I mean St. Peter's. You know, we, we could talk about a lot of things. Okay, but, sure. But, but the smoke. For you, the as smoke. A, when I was a child, it was <laughs> what color's the smoke? You yeah. know, we were – So, uh, yeah, I think – you know, Catholic in that sense refers to universal and and um, you know both in a in a sort of geographic sense, mm -hmm. but even in a sort of uh, timeless sense that throughout time, yeah, Catholic and universal in that sense. What about your new favorite phrase, "the quick and the dead"? Uh, it says, uh, you know, the resurrect. Oh, wait, sorry, I missed it. Um, he will come again. To he judge. will come again to judge the quick and the dead. Does that leave the slow out? Uh, yes. Um, there's a uh, – <laughs> <laughs> I'm in good shape. <laughs> there's, a, there's an old old movie. I think it's a maybe early 90s, late 80s, The Quick and the Dead, which is a Western about I think a gunfight that I used to watch on TV with my dad. Okay. Um, Gene Hackman's in it, by mm -hmm. the way. Um, but uh, little did I know that they were borrowing that from the Apostles' Creed okay. uh, back then. But So what does it mean? Uh, the quick and the dead is another way of saying the living and the dead. Okay. Uh, so um, through through a quick Google search as well, 
uh, the quick is is the quickening is known when when the baby starts moving in the womb, hmm. uh, and so there, there's life. It's living. It's it's okay. it's moving. Um, so yeah, the quick the the living and the dead. Gotcha, gotcha. Yeah, excellent. Um, so, in, in, from your perspective, John, should we as Christians be reciting these this creed? Let's just stay with this creeds creed. in general. Let's go with this creed. Um, should we be reciting this in worship services or should this play any explicit role? I mean, obviously, this is part of the core of what we believe, of, sure. of course. But should it play any explicit role in our corporate life, in our worship? I think there's room for a variety of opinions on this, um, whether okay. whether we should have these in our worship services or not. Um, I – I'm actually a pretty big fan of having these in our worship service. I think I think there's something about them that gives us a common language, uh, enables us to uh, uh, connect to uh, the past, um, and uh, and to sort of lay out like this is this is what we believe as as a church, and we're we're gonna we're gonna s- say it together. Um, all churches have creeds and confessionals, um, even if they're not articulated, um, and so mm-hmm. I, th- I think I think. Being able to recite this as a church could be helpful. Okay. Um, where are you at on this? Uh, would you like to see this used in, in services and churches more? Yeah, I think it would be a, a helpful uh, a helpful piece in a corporate worship service. I I'm, I agree. I don't think it's mandated anywhere, mm-hmm. but I do think there is a value for having a concise uh, set of statements that we as believers affirm on a regular basis. As a helpful summary, I I like what you said in terms of it creates a common language, Mm -hmm. a common framework. Um, And so I think that there is a – there's a place for this uh, in the corporate worship service and and something that if if our church began to do, I would be – I'd be quite quite pleased. Yeah. Yeah, I would would too. I mean, I think I think I've asked our pastors before: Would they ever do this? And they said, mm-hmm. "Yeah, we we would." Hasn't happened, but yeah, they'd be they'd be yeah. for this. Though we have started, this is a little off topic, but we have started incorporating stuff from the Value of Vision. I have noticed that, yeah, to our, I, our worship. Service. I think that's I think it's our worship leader's uh, yeah. influence. I think he enjoys that. I think you're probably yeah. right. I think you're probably right. So, um, anything else from this uh, from this Apostles' Creed that you wanted to highlight? Before we move on, and um, maybe share some recommended resources. No, I don't. I don't think so. Um, just uh, if you haven't read it before, or it's been a while, go back and read it afresh. I, I think with mm-hmm. some of the some insights, some reflection, I think it can be a really helpful thing uh, to to dip into and to uh, to understand it, and maybe even maybe even give it uh, commit it to memory. Yeah. At least the Apostles' Creed. Maybe not the other ones, but yeah. the Apostles' Creed. Yeah. Is uh, you could memorize pretty pretty easily. Yeah, I I, I really will again echo the uh, I love the historical rootedness of joining in a confession mm-hmm. that's been said by believers for hundreds upon hundreds of years. Yeah, and affirmed as this is what we believe. This is mm-hmm. true. This is what we are committed to. So, um, any recommended resources for us, John? Yeah, one one helpful one uh, that that I found is the Creedal Imperative by Carl Truman. Uh, shout out to Zach in Ohio for recommending that to me. Um, 
I have not read it, but uh, Al Mohler uh, came out with a book uh, called The Apostles' Creed not that long ago, like year and maybe a ha- year and a half ago, maybe. Mm-hmm. Um, so, uh, so those those are two that come to mind for me. What about uh, what about yourself? Yeah. So there's a uh, there's a book by Justin Holcomb called uh, Know the Creeds, and it has uh, sections on each of the creeds, which are very helpful introductory discussions of the language of it, its historical situation as well. And in conjunction with that, uh, he has done a series of lectures that are on YouTube. Hmm. And there's – we'll have a link in the show notes where he does one where he talks like 20 minutes about the Apostles' Creed, talks about some of the things we've talked about in terms of historical context, the – some of the interesting – wording that might kind of hang us up a little bit. He also does talk about the descended to the dead expression mm. and how that's been in, understood in certain ways. But um, I think that would be a, a good, readable, accessible entry point for people who are like, I don't know much about the creeds. That would be a good place to start, I think. Yeah. And uh, and as always, uh, we do have unique Amazon links for those books. So if you click on them and buy the book, we get a little bit of a kickback. If you just type it into Google – we don't. So please use uh, the links in our show notes. That's really helpful to us. Yeah, let's do it. So uh, we are at episode 61, mm-hmm. and it's time for our athlete, John. 61's a little bit of tough Yeah, Yeah, tough we're, we're, we're in a window here where we're going to be struggling a little bit. So, All right. Um, well, from the world of the NHL, yeah, uh, Rick Nash, which is a great name. Yeah. Um, he played uh, in the NHL from 2002 to 2018. And uh, if I remember correctly, he might have been the very first draft pick in the Columbus Blue Jackets franchise history. Hmm. So um, pretty important for for them. Which the Blue Jackets have a pretty good following there in Columbus. Yeah. Um, uh, Josh Beckett. Mm-hmm. Um, Probably mostly known as a Red Sox pitcher uh, in the World Series. Marlins and Dodgers as well. But uh, I think he was with the Marlins when he won his uh, World Series MVP in 2003. I think think because he started there. Yeah, yeah. I know know we got to start there. Um, Bill George. (laughs) Can you get a more generic name than Bill George? Bill George. Yeah, linebacker for the Bears. From uh, 1952 to 1966. I don't know much beyond that. And then uh, perhaps our most interestingly named person this week, uh, Curly Culp. Yeah. Great name. Yeah, great name. Uh, Defensive defensive tackle for the Kansas City Chiefs, uh, 68 to 81. Yeah, and a NFL Hall of Famer. Yeah. I mean, that's a long time to play. It is. It is. And then uh, for Ohio State, Alan Jack was a an offensive guard from 67 to 69. So he would have played on the national championship team in that window. So who you got out of that list, John? Um, I mean, I'm partial to the, the World Series MVP, Josh Beckett, I think. OK. I can go along with that. Though okay. I really like the name Curly Culp. We, we can give Curly an honorable mention for sure. <laughs> Okay, so Josh Beckett, it is. All right, on to one thing we liked. 
Yeah. So uh, my life group's been meeting at my house and it has warmed up uh, in the last week or so. Yeah. Uh, so I, I busted out the smoker this week uh, for uh, life group and uh, did a cherry crisp on the smoker with a sweet cream <laughs> um, that uh, that went over quite well that I was very okay. pleased with. Yes, you do have a serious smoking habit. A so. serious smoking habit. Yeah. So for me, uh, in line with our um, discussion of the Apostles' Creed today, my one thing I liked as I kind of prepared for this was remembering that Rich Mullins did a song <laughs> where he basically sings the Apostles' Creed. It was called Creed. And it was on the album uh, A Liturgy, A Legacy, and a Ragamuffin Band. <laughs> so um, I don't know. He was he was probably a little before your time when it comes to his popularity. I so. think so. Yeah. But he uh, he tragically died in a – I believe it was like a Jeep accident, like off-road jeeping, got thrown from the Jeep. And oh, wow. Kind of was a tragic – like he was still relatively young and so had a long – Theoretically, a long you know music career ahead of him, uh, and was one of those guys that kind of had just a different take on music, and you know, you know, was sort of my generation's uh, Keith Green, if you've heard that term, heard, heard, heard about him. He was more like the '70s, like just had his own little angle on Christian music. Was not in the sort of mainstream CCM stuff, mm. <laughs> which kind of set him apart. So. That's my one thing I liked. And man, what an episode. We've been – yeah, it's it's <laughs> been an adventure. My mind is all over the place on this. We've talked um, about all sorts of things. Uh, we've had all sorts of interruptions. We have. <laughs> quite frankly, I think we just need to probably just say – Shut her down. Mission accomplished. <laughs> yeah, we're ready to go and call yes. it mission accomplished and just – live to fight another day, mm -hmm. right? And so uh, in light of that, I think all that remains to say is until next time, the Lord bless y'all real good. Later. Later.